Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 114, Sunday, March 11th, 2010. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, here it is. Uh, my first day of spring break. It's just about a full month since I put out a show. And yeah, well, that's how it kind of goes these days. I've had an extremely stressful month as uh, my job issues and strike issues kind of came to the forefront. Everything sort of got put on hold. Um. And so, you know, it's just been been kind of um, hectic and busy, and I've been not doing my training as well as I should have. I've um, had tons and tons of meetings, and we ended up being out on strike for three days, well, limited job action, and uh, and the government is now imposing a contract that's being heavily debated in the legislature, and so eventually, at some point, it's all going to come raining down on us. But right now I am on uh, spring break, so I'm going to try and put all that crap out of my head for a little while and get out of this demoralized funk that I've been in and uh, try and get my training back on track. Anyway, uh, so I was doing really well, as you know, with my running, and I was up to, you know, two hours and 15 minute runs and getting, uh, I think I'd done 18K or something, and uh, then... I guess uh, I kind of got behind the following week. I was just not, I was unable to run one weekend. And then I tried, I kept going out for my long runs, but I had, uh, I was really, really tired and I wasn't able to do them. I'd get halfway and then I was just exhausted just because I was so mentally and emotionally exhausted. I think that was probably why. Kind of shows what uh, happens, you know, when life is just hitting you uh, left, right, and center. It really does impact, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not an elite athlete where I have all the time in the world to train and nothing to worry about with training. So luckily for me, I have a two-week um, kind of a bumper in my training plan where I had had added an extra two weeks in the middle of training. And I've always known it's kind of there. So I wasn't. I tried not to stress too much that I was missing out on some runs. And today um, I went out, I ran... Out, I didn't worry about it being my long run. I'm going to do my long run in a few days because I'm off. It doesn't really matter what day I do them. Normally it's on a weekend. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll do my long run on Tuesday. And today I just went out and ran for an hour. And I felt pretty good. So it was probably the first time I've had a really decent sleep for the last couple of nights in a row. And that helped a lot. I'm not quite so fatigued as I was before. So I'm hopeful that I'm going to go out and do maybe... I don't know, 18, maybe 20K. I, I really should do 20 on Tuesday. We'll see. And uh, with any luck, <laughs> it might be it might be a bit of a jump because I don't think I've run over, over an hour in the last uh, two and a half weeks. Yeah, it kind of sucks. But we'll see. I'm going to get it back up and that's all. And Eric has been down in Phoenix for almost two weeks, so I've been kind of single-girling it here. My son's been with me about maybe half the time, not not even half the time. He's probably only been here a few days. And um, so I've had the whole house to myself, me and the dogs and the cat, of course. And that's, you know, it's got its ups and downs. On the one hand, it's kind of fun to do have nobody to worry about, you know. I mean, I can just do whatever I want, eat whatever I want, go. But on the downside... I haven't cooked proper meals in uh, two weeks, and uh, nobody's here to tell me to get off the computer and go to bed, so I stay up too late every night, so yeah, that's sort of stupid. But yeah, I, I don't think I'd make a very good single person, because I don't think I would end up being very healthy, you know? Um, not that I'm not eating healthfully, I am. i just not really like cooking meals, I just eat, you know, I just... I graze. I'm just grazing all day. And I just kind of eat small. Well, I'm probably eating way less, actually, to be honest. I think I had, we had a meal one night. I made spaghetti for my son one night. And then we went out for dinner one night, too. So that's about it. Mostly I just eat fruit and cottage cheese and, yeah, <laughs> whatever. 
Anyways, enough of that. Not trying not to whine. Um, but you know, when you're when you uh, do a podcast like this, and you're just a really a regular person, you you re- it's not like those shows where you're going to hear all the people talking about their amazing, amazing uh, training all the time. Because you know we're we're real life people, and we really have difficult challenges in our lives once in a while, and uh, sometimes that just gets in the way. So anyway. I do have um, a recording I'm going to play um, in a few minutes, and it is Eric's race report. It was the first time I talked to Eric. Um, I Skyped him after his race today, and it was the first time I've talked to him since he left. I have uh, chatted with him um, on Facebook chat um, quite often while he's been gone, but uh, this is the first time we had a real conversation. And I knew nothing about his race before I chatted with him and recorded it, so it's kind of it was all new to me too. So I will play that in a moment. He was down in uh, Phoenix, by the way. He's been, uh, and he did the Desert Classic Duathlon. And of course, it's nice and warm and sunny down in Phoenix. I think it got up to 72 on his race day, but it's been warmer than that while he was there because I know he's been sunburned. And here, spring is on its way. It's getting, we're getting up to, uh, oh, 50, 55 in a couple of days. Um, all the snow or most of the snow is gone. And uh, my little, what are those little tiny flowers that come up first? Crocuses, my crocuses and my snowdrops. The green is poking through. Took down my Christmas lights and uh, I'm going to go rake the grass and pull all the gravel off the grass that's close to the road and kind of make it look so it's not quite so bad. So it's all brown in the spring around here. So kind of wake it up and pretty soon the sweeper trucks will be out sweeping all the gravel off the road that they dump all winter with the snow and ice and that's a sign that uh, cycling season will begin but today when I went out for my run I saw a whole bunch of people out on the road bikes so it is time um, it's not quite warm enough for me personally I don't like riding when it's only 10 8 10 degrees and I still get really cold feet and hands so uh, I like to wait till it's about ooh, maybe 15 13 14 15 before I start riding outside and particularly right now, running is just not really a focus. So I'm kind of, I really am enjoying having just um, running as a focus. I must say, I do like just running. It makes life so simple. You know, it takes a lot of pressure off, it seems. Uh, yeah, so kind of interesting. Uh, so I have, this is going to be a, sh- a shout out a bit to Carlos. But I mean, he's not going to like what, he's, what I'm going to say because he emailed me today and that, uh, Carlos, I'm afraid I'm really not going to be able to come out and do your wonderful race as much as I would like to. And the main reason that I'm not going to is just the logistics of getting home that same day um, with the ferry and then the long drive home is just a bit too much of a, a challenge. And if I do Abbotsford, I get an extra two weeks of training time in, plus uh, I have, I'm only like three hours from home instead of six or seven hours from home. So I'm afraid I won't be able to do it this year. Um, but that's uh, such as life. It was a tough decision because I, I was really torn between the two. But ultimately, the uh, logistics of travel is what uh, made my decision. So I'm uh, 99.9% sure I'm going to do the Abbotsford uh, Run for Water, which is a charity run in uh, for raising uh, funds for uh, African Africa stuff. It just sounds very intelligent, doesn't it? Yes. And I will um, actually, uh, next next time I do a show, I'll uh, look up all the information and, and let you know. Maybe there's something somebody can uh, help out with donating money or something for them. I don't know. I'll find out. Yeah, see if there's some way. And, uh, yeah. See, yeah, I kind of feel like I don't even have anything to say. Can you believe Kelowna Girl has nothing to say? It just sort of goes to show you where my mental... Um, my mental whatever is right now. I feel like I'm even fumbling over my words. Just, uh, I'm so not into anything. I can't, I can just, I can't seem to focus, get my focus on, on anything to do with job action and the strike and this legislation and everything. It's all, I'm just consumed with it. And I kind of get like that with anything that's new anyways, but now it's just, 
it's all I get on my computer and all I want to do is read about it and find out what's following what's going on I have a separate Twitter account now with uh, my real life account which I only follow teachers and I've just been following that like crazy trying to keep up with what's happening and then I've been reading I've been watching the legislature like oh my god who watches the freaking legislature channel but there I am I'm watching it for like two hours straight watching the guys debate the bill in the legislature which is like normally would be the most boring thing in the world but uh, yeah that's what I'm doing and uh, especially when nobody's here um, you know I just seem to that's all I seem to do so I'm trying really going to try really hard over the next two weeks to stop and get my head out of it and cut the cord and focus on my training again 100% because I know that doesn't it doesn't take very long to get back into it all right so what else oh I know what I was gonna say um Gordon just tweeted me and said to talk about how to know you're in a good arrow position and I thought oh shit I don't even know really how to say how to tell how whether you're in a good arrow position, Gordon. But uh, what I did do, I mean, I have it in my head, and I kind of know what I've learned. But I wasn't, I didn't, wouldn't want to tell you what I think because I thought it could be wrong. But what I did do is I Googled, which I'm sure I know you could do too. But anyways, I did, and I went to. Um, I, I'm going to put the link on the blog, and it's um, maximizing the arrow position, and it's a link by Dave Scott, who's an Ironman champion, one of the original Ironman champions way back when. And so, you know, I feel that's pretty, um, uh, you know, pretty good source. Now, that being said, this video was made in 2007. That's five years ago, and there's been a lot of new information out there. So I take this with a grain of salt. Um, But when I read all this, a lot of this, or when I watched the video and I read, you know, the main points, um, it was all stuff that I'd heard before. But, you know, they're always coming up with new and interesting uh, research on on how to, um, you know, what's the best position to be in and, you know, ways to be more aerodynamic and use your muscles in even better positions. So, you know. It might be worthwhile looking at. So anyways, here's what basically, there's five or six steps that he he focused on when he did this video. And if you watch, there's um, actually quite a pretty girl on this. So it's well worth watching if you're a guy. Um, some of the comments underneath it are kind of amusing, actually. But because um, he's always trying to move her into position. And yeah, well, anyways, I'll just leave that, shall I? Uh, and so, he, you know, one of the first things he said is if you're just sitting on your bike and you just scrunch over... Um, what happened and get down into your arrow bars what happens is your hips start to rotate backwards a bit and you're not necessarily in the best position so what he had her do was to sit up tall and and slide back on her seat so she's right on her sit bones and for anybody who doesn't really know what your sit bones are if you just uh, feel into underneath in your butt uh, you can feel the bone that you're actually sitting on is the bottom of your pelvis and if you it's almost like a point right you can feel that bone in there and those are called your sit bones because you sit on them and uh, so to get back slide back on your saddle and be right up on your bones on your sit bones and then bend in half down or fold right over at the navel and so you're kind of got your that pelvic tilt thing going okay and the what happens is when you're in this this particular position, he he claims that uh, the power becomes is generated from your glutes and your hips, not from your quads. So your your um, quads are strong, but your glutes are much stronger. All right. Now he showed how if she moved forward and down, then the the power the load gets transferred to the outside of your leg, your your vastus lateral lateralis I think it's called which is one of your the outside big quad muscles and uh that's not as strong as your glutes and it can I you know I, I as I was watching I was thinking you know, I wonder if that's why I ended up uh I've sometimes had some ITB problems from biking and I'm wondering as I'm watching this I'm thinking gee maybe I need to slide my hips back further on my on my bike and I remember when I went from my bike fit uh, that was one of the things that Rob had me do was trying to adjust that position um, so once you've got your hips and you're bent, bent in half, um, at the navel, um, and you're down onto your arrow bars, your arms should be, um, at the flex, the flexion at the elbow should be anywhere from 90 to 110 degrees. So you don't want to be too stretched, stretched out too far. Okay. You want to be, your elbow angle should be around 90 
maybe as much as 110. And uh, make sure your hands are relaxed sitting on there. You shouldn't, he says, don't be in a death grip. So your, I, and I, your eyes should be looking forward, but your head, your head's got to be kind of tucked down and under. And I find that that ends up giving me some uh, um, pain up in my upper back and in my lat sometimes. And that's probably the hardest part is getting your head to be down and then still looking up as opposed to up and looking up, you know? So that's... Um, probably for me anyways one of the more difficult parts you want to have your your eyes looking forward but your head is still kind of downish does that make sense and basically what you're attempting to do in this position is to have a as flat a back as you possibly can now you ultimately it ends up being a bit of a balance between what is really aerodynamic and what is comfortable um so you're going to be um, having to adjust things as you go because you may not you, you, the very most aerodynamic position just may not be comfortable enough for you for whatever reason and so you might have to just give up a little bit of your aerodynamics to get just the right amount of comfort your elbows should be pretty tight close in at the body and um, basically you're trying to get that point so as a small that front point as small as you can and then he talked about the drop and now this is interesting for me because I am so small that uh, my bike is um, I can't really have my handlebars very much lower than my seat whereas most people you know the seat is quite a bit higher because their legs are longer and unless I had a smaller bike or smaller wheels a bike with smaller wheels um, 650s then maybe I would be able to get into that position. But he said, on average, your seat, um, the drop, the difference between your, your the pads where your elbow sitting and the seat is anywhere from one to four inches. Um, when I was on YouTube and I was looking around, I was I saw some links to see where Lance's old and new time trial positions are, and uh, there was a couple of other um, videos, and they talked all about the different angles. And I remember when I had my bike fit. Rob talked, uh, you know, he kind of took some angles and he tried a bunch of different things. So one of the things that you can do if you find that you need to adjust the height of your pads is he suggested testing them out at various heights, even just by taking a piece of cloth or like a washcloth or something and either just have it flat over or fold it over a couple of times so that just raises your arms up a little bit and you can jump on your trainer and ride for about half an hour and see how that feels. And uh, it gives you a bit of an idea without have to actually adjusting the height of your um, of the arm pads on there. And then if you need to drop it a little bit, um, you can you know there's adjustments you can make on the arrow bars themselves and also on the stem of your bike. You can flip the stem, or you might have to add or take away one of the little spacer rings in the stem of uh, your handlebars as well. And ultimately, it's just about finding the right um, balance between comfort and uh, being aerodynamic. Now, I suggest that you look at some of those videos and see what you see. Um, and it could be, like I said, that um, there's even newer evidence out here, um, newer research out there that gives us a little bit better information. So if anybody who's out there, listeners, uh, um, are you know a little more informed and want to share that, uh, let me know. Because, uh, you know, I mostly cater to beginners and... Um, you know, people that aren't really so worried about all the little tiny details of trying to be as aerodynamic and whatnot as as it need be. So I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about that. Uh, you know, I have to say that reminds me, I was planning to do a an, another episode of So You Want to Be a Triathlete. So I think I'll try and do that like almost right away, probably next weekend. Well, not next weekend, I won't be here. But anyways, sooner than later, I will try hard to do that and uh, see if I can get some... Uh, um, the next section done because I got two weeks off. So yeah, I'll have a little bit more time to spend. Um, so let's see what else, I guess not a whole lot more. Maybe I'll pop in Eric's race report right about here. Hey, Eric, are you there? I be there. Hi, long time. No talk. Uh, yeah, you're looking good. Oh Yeah. I, I don't have the uh, video you. on. I just have that nice little picture of you on my screen. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. It's probably better than I just got out of the shower. All right. 
<laughs> so you did a race today. I, I just want to tell people Eric's down in uh, Mesa, just outside of Phoenix, and uh, I haven't talked to him like we're well, I don't want to say face to face, but I haven't talked talked to you for uh, ten, eleven days at least, I guess. Eh? That's right. And yeah. you did your duathlon, Desert Classic duathlon today. Did you finish it? I did do the Desert Classic duathlon today, and I did finish it too. All right, so I know absolutely nothing about your race. I went online to see if the results were there just before I left, but they weren't. So Well, yeah, the only results I have right now are the ones I got from my Garmin. Mm -hmm. But I, I think they're pretty accurate because I made sure that I pushed the buttons and I had both of them working. Yeah. So apart from your time and everything, I'm curious to find out how it went. I know your hip was bothering you a bit before you started. Um, what was the weather like? How did how did it kind of the lead up? and uh, you Okay, know, let's... Give this Let's go over, the sure. go over the environment. Sure. Okay, beautiful day. Beautiful day, full sunshine. Uh, got up to the site at about, oh, just after 7 o'clock because the race started at um, 8.12. Sunny, bright, probably in American degrees, Fahrenheit, it was about 50. 56, 57, 58 at that time, and uh, it warmed up steadily during the whole day. I think we, when we finished, it was probably at about 72 Fahrenheit. Oh, that's so that, pretty nice. Yeah, and sunny. A little bit of a breeze, but didn't didn't really cause any problem at all. So, and then we started. Um. So before well, you even before you even tell how it started, did you feel like you're ready this morning? How were you feeling? Because I know you said your hip oh, hurt and stuff. Oh, that's before. right. No, it was fine. It was fine. There was nothing really nagging at all. I, I was feeling pretty good this morning, so that was good oh, that's news. That's good. Okay, good. Yeah, because I was a little concerned that the hip was going to affect things. Right. But but, but it didn't. Even on the, um, the hilly sections and stuff, it was okay. Excellent. All right. So uh, it was a run, bike run, of course, and the run, first run was 5.63K. The bike, I'm sorry, 5.84K. Last year was 5.63. And the bike was 49.2K. And the second run was 6.22K. So the second run was actually uh, longer than I thought it was going to be. Mm. So, how did it all go? Well, lots of people. Lots of people. And, and I don't know. I really don't know what my ranking was. I know I didn't finish in, the, in any trophies or prizes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, overall, do you want an overall right now or do you want to go through it one by one? Uh, give us one by one then. How did your first run go? First run. Can I compare them to last year as I go? You can do anything you like, honey. Ah, oh, thanks. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, back to business. Okay. Um, run one, 5.84K. Uh, um, time, 31.47. Pace, 5.27 per K. Compared to last year. Yeah, compared to last year's 5.31 per K. Okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was slightly longer as well. Last year was 5.63 for the first one. So off we go. Big group. Big group. I certainly didn't stay at the front. I was running a five, just, uh, just over five minutes per K to start with, but there's no way I can maintain that going uphill and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but it went relatively smoothly, and uh, when I finished the first one, um, I felt okay. I felt good. I felt good. Um, I'm trying to think of something else to say from about the first one. The first one was easier than the second one. There wasn't quite as much up and down. It was sort of up, up gradually, like two percent for the first uh, one and a half k, and then there was a a steep climb in there. And I made up my mind that I was going to just not sweat the steep climbs. I was just going to walk them. Yeah. Because I felt that I would reap benefits from that later on in the run. Mm -hmm. So so that's basically what I did for the long ones, for sure. And uh, 
after that big long one there, it basically it was pretty level once again, sort of swooping around and around. We're going through desert trails here. Yep. And uh, well marked, well marked. And probably um, a couple of other small, minor, not severe ups and downs during the second part. And then a, a gradual down into the finish, which is kind of nice. It's a nice way to end the first one. Was it I'm very not... different from your last year's first run uh, as far as the course was concerned? I mean, I know it was different, but did you find it was less hilly or more hilly? Or I find it. It was about the same. The same kind of. Okay. Yeah, same, same thing. I think they set it up in such a way as to make the first run easier mm -hmm. than the second run. That, that's sure what it felt like. <laughs> so anyways, we got to, got to transition and uh, <clears throat> things were, were smooth, no problem at all. Um, I just, I don't know how exactly how long my transition took. I think they're marginally longer than last year because I decided I wasn't going to rush through anything. I needed to have, give my body a little time just to to slow down. Yeah. I did I, I did take um, a stinger, you know, the uh, thing just before I started. Okay. Yeah. And and then uh, when I got into transition, I drank uh, about a third of a bottle of the Perpetuum, and I biked with one and two thirds bottle of Perpetuum on my bike. Because I'd found out last Sunday that, boy, I got thirsty, so I didn't want to take that chance of running out. Yeah, I agree. That's good. That's so, good. so that's what I did, and uh, so off we go onto the bike. Uh, unfortunately, my chain was off. No. <laughs> so I, you know, so I got over the mat and got on my bike, and ah, shoot, had to get off again to get my chain back on. How so, did that happen? Do you know? I don't know. I just didn't check, I guess, before before I started. You know, <laughs> I was to be honest, I was, I was in a bit of a rush before before the race. Uh, Yogan and Adrian were kind of walking over the bike, and they were sort of lackadaisically walking over the bike, and I was just impatiently waiting for them to get there, because I still had to get my bike into transition and and get it all set up and then yeah. go to the bathroom. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And there was a long line up for the washroom. Oh, I know. Surprise, I hate that surprise. aspect. Surprise, surprise. I did have to go to the bathroom, just like you, this time. <laughs> I always do. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas usually it isn't a concern with me. But this time, yeah, okay. this time I certainly did. Yeah. So, but anyways, everything was fine. Everything was all set up. And aside from that small little glitch that probably cost, you know, 15 seconds or something like that, uh, that was the only <laughs> difficulty. That's pretty but, uh, funny, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, it <laughs> I happened. Was Yogi and Jude there to see and laugh at you when you did that? No, Jude. Jude slept in this morning, oh. so that was good. Because we had uh, Yogi and Adrian both came out. Eh? Yeah. Did they laugh then when you dropped your chain? They weren't right there. I don't oh, think too bad. at that point in time. I think they were out <laughs> on the course just a little bit further to oh, catch okay. on, well, on the bike. You know. All right. Catch so you get on your bike. And off we and go. You had and had like a 50k uh, ride or something, right? It ended up being 49.20. That's pretty close. 49.20. So it was a good long bike, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it and it the bike kind of has three legs to it. Mm-hmm. One going back from the transition to Fountain Hills, and then back again to transition and going straight out to another little community. Mm-hmm. And then back to transition and taking a right-hand turn and up McDowell Mountain Road. Okay? Yeah, and interesting. back. Interesting. A lot of out-and-back stuff. Yes. So uh, I guess for spectators, at least they got wow. a drift of how people were doing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty good idea. So anyways, uh, that first stretch into uh, Fountain Hills and back is, is a nice stretch. You know, I came uh, through there averaging 29.30, I think, because the road is smooth. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it just feels pretty good. There's, there's, there's nothing to worry about at all. It's just a nice, smooth road. And so I got back to transition and headed out to the little community in the other direction. And a little climbing there, a little climbing. But again, that leg was, was fine as well. That's good. But 
I did get a glitch of uh, cramping in my calf. Mm. Luckily, it never developed beyond that, but it was always on my mind. Yeah. And and like before, you know, when you have little climbs and that and down on little climbs, my quads again, they got sore. They got sore. They were aching. While you're biking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you taking yeah. um, uh, electrolytes of some sort? You know, I, that that's what I would, uh, I had electrolytes waiting for me in transition before the second bike. But not in your water bottle on the bike? No, I had Perpetuum. Oh. I, that's a change I would make. Is there that, no electrolytes in Perpetuum? I, I honestly don't know right off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. okay. I feel like there was, but maybe there is. What, what was your goal? I can't remember now. What was your goal uh, pace for um, for the bike? What were you hoping well, to last, do average speed? My last year was 27, eh? Yeah. Was, yeah, 26, 9, 27. And I had hoped to, you know, get up to 28. Okay. So you're doing and, well according to that so far than in your... Yeah. Yeah. And then back again, back again to transition, right? Yep. And past transition, or hang a right, and then go past transition up McDowell Mountain Road. And, and this road is a little tougher. This is definitely the, the hardest leg because the road, it's still paved and everything, but it's mm. kind of, you know, a little pebbly pavement. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's I not smooth that. pavement. The previous two were smooth pavement, and this one was pebbly pavement. And it starts off right away with, you know, a 2%. It's the same as the start of the run, actually. That's the road we start our run on with that 2% climb. Oh, really? Okay. okay. So now we're but, – but you have to go about – Oh, gee, four or five, four k or something of a two percent climb, and and that's on on this pebbly kind of pavement. Yep. So overall, that's probably the hardest part of the bike. At and especially some, if it's but, near the end of your bike too, like it's the last yeah. third of your bike trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a little more, a little more than third. Okay, we're probably uh, uh, twenty-eight or something coming back to transition, which left probably twenty k left on that last leg. Mm-hmm. And we bike up that, and uh, and then unlike last year, it was sort of a straight out and back. They went out, and then there's a little road to the right. They go down that road about a kilometer and a half and come back it. But the good part about that is that's slightly downhill, so you get a little respite from your climb. Yep. And then you get that little downhill, and then of course you have to come back up that little climb, and then you mm -hmm. head farther into McDowell mountain park into the uh, kind of camping area of McDowell Mountain Park and there's a little couple of little circuits in there that you have to do. Hmm. Sounds like a but pretty it, complex course, eh? It, it is. all over the place. It is. It was more complex than last year. Well, like I said, last year it was 33k, this year it was 49k. Hmm. Did Big you ever find out why they decided to make it so much longer? I, I talked to somebody as we were running as we were huffing and puffing, and I managed to sneak out a few sentences, and I asked, well, why'd they make it tough this year? And they said, because they wanted it to make it harder for everybody. But, you know, that's just the, that yeah. person's opinion, of course. Yeah. yeah, okay. But, you know. Uh, so what was your overall average speed then at the end uh, of the bike? 27.8. So you did you, you – well, it was pretty close to meeting your goal then. Well, I was happy with it because yeah. – because last uh, Sunday when I biked it with Yog, yeah, I averaged twenty six point six, yeah, and that was with you know a couple of stops where mm -hmm. where Yog and I stopped on the course, yeah. So I had even had time to recover a little bit during that ride because I didn't, right. the timer was off during the right. stops, right? Yeah. Of course I didn't stop this time and I still had a, a better pace. So I'm I'm really pleased good, with the pace twenty seven point eight. So I did 49.20K and 146.10. Okay. Okay, so that was my second bike. Went into transition, of course, uh, dreading the second run because I'd been having a little cramp concerns on the yeah, bike. Yeah. And you sort of wonder how that's going to carry out in the run, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, of course, that was a concern. Um, but I got in there. I, I downed, uh, your, remember the little bottle you let, lent me, the running bottle? Yep. I, I put a noon in that this oh, morning. Mm -hmm. And so I chugged that. 
yeah, in transition. Some, that would give I, you some electrolytes in. Yeah, yeah, because that would have contained pretty much a, a whole noon, right? So that that's good. That was a... Uh, I should probably have done that during first transition, to be honest, mm -hmm. and maybe even had a second one for a second transition. Yeah. I, I, I and during the runs, I did sort of stop for water and stuff like that. I want didn't want dehydration to become a problem. Yeah. So, anyways, starting the second run, it's always nice starting the second run because you know you're you're yeah, three quarters done. of the you're three quarters of the way there at least. Well, more than three quarters, but uh, but that's always a pleasant thing. But you always also wonder how fast you're going to go. Um, I started off at a good pace because it was level and and down during the first you know k k and a half. Mm -hmm. And after that, everything was it went nuts. It was up and down and around and tons of turns. You know, mm -hmm. swooping turns, right? Yeah. You know, like mountain bike turns, swooping turns that are banked almost. Yeah. That yeah, type hard of thing. To run on too, eh? And and climbs where. You had no choice but to walk. And uh, downhills, sometimes they were too steep to really run in a quick way. Yeah. Too, da too dangerous, you know? Yeah. That type of thing. So the run, compared to last year, I'd say is the run was harder this year. I I'm sure the mm. run was hard. There were more, there were probably four big-time climbs that you had to walk on. And that did not just me, not yeah. just me, but everybody. Yeah. Well, all the group I was close to, anyways. Sounds kind of like the um, the Vernon Xterra with yeah. those climbs that you just you have. Everyone has to walk them. No one's going to run up those steep, steep twenty yeah, they percent grade. They weren't that long, but yeah. they were that steep. Yeah. Like you know, you're looking for footholds, right? Yeah. To make sure you didn't slip, because we're talking about sandy, rocky type stuff here. Yeah. Oh, makes so it, for an interesting race, though, hey? It it really does. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's an interesting, tough race. Like compared to bare bones, bare bones is a piece of cake compared yeah. to this one. It the really is. It's almost completely flat. The run is completely flat. Yeah. You know, the Even two meters. bike mostly, except for that. One yeah, and then you just have the McLean thing, and you know, it's over in ten minutes. And uh, you know, compared, uh, bare bones is a piece of cake. This is this is a hard one, and they made it harder this year. So, anyways, I kept chugging along, chugging along, averaging, you know, six forty, and then six fifty, and you know, like that. I actually ended up at six fifty nine, which was even a little slower than last year. I was six fifty three last year, but but you got to keep in mind, it was a mile longer this year too, and the trail was was tougher. Yeah. So so overall, uh, I'm pretty pleased. I, I'm pretty pleased with the whole thing. I, I overall time-wise, I certainly, or overall pace-wise, taking everything into account, I did better this year. That's good. I mean, I know you can't really compare exactly you, from race to race, but you, just seeing that your average pace is for uh, what is really a longer, harder race, and yet your average paces were better than or equal to yeah. last year so yeah that's good that's good so you you're you're happy and content with your uh performance then hey i am i i i'm i'm happier with my performance this year than i was last year that's good that's good oh, i'm but, glad i was a little oh. worried and uh, what time is it there are you an hour ahead of me yeah um, so we're at 5 26 right okay. now okay yeah and i didn't actually you know i didn't really know what time your race even started and then I didn't even know what time it was there. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't even know what he what he's racing. Like I like to try to be thinking about you while you're actually out there. So yeah, well, it's the longest race I've ever done. Okay. Yeah. So how and, long uh, altogether did you race for? I, I I'm not sure. Yog said it was about three oh six, but I don't okay. have my transition times so, and stuff like just that. Just a little over three hours, though, eh? That's yeah, a little over long. three hours. Tough so stuff. kind of like an Olympic distance regular triathlon. One guy in my group I know did it in two thirty. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Wow, they're yeah. fast, and there's guys doing it right around two. Is Even that your age group? You mean? No, I'm talking just other guys. I didn't. There weren't any famous guys here. No famous. That, that was the other thing I was going to ask if there was anybody famous. No, I think oh. it's because they ran it two weeks later. Oh, okay. You know, they're more into the season now, right? Yeah, I guess well, so. actually, th three weeks later. Yeah, three weeks later. 
So it's warmer. The certain conditions were much better. But Could be uh, the same weekend as a different race too, perhaps. I think probably that's the case. Interesting. I heard so something. I, I heard something on a podcast last night that uh, the Desert Classic was. It must have been around for a long, long time, and that this race was the very first time that arrow bars were ever used in oh, the Desert Classic. Right? Yeah. Uh, back in, I can't, I'm not going to tell you what year because I don't remember what he said, but it was quite a while ago. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I've never even heard of the race before you did it. I know it's a pretty well-known duathlon. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a race that lots of the top-notch guys use to kind of get their season off to a start and get mm -hmm. a feeling for where they're at. Like, you know, last year we had Jordan Rapp here. Yeah. yeah well, I wondered so, if Jordan was going to be there this year. Hmm. No, I'm sure he's somewhere else doing something, you know. I think again, it's because it's three weeks later. Yeah. I was wondering why, but but that's that's the reason I think why. Yeah, it could be, could be. So you had a good race, and how are you feeling now? You said you're tired. I know. I'm, I'm tired. You know, I can lie down right now and and relax. But as far as my body's concerned, there's nothing hurting aside from from the normal little achy muscles. You know. Yeah. Did you take and, any of those BCAA um, pills to take after your race? No, I had a couple of beer instead. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, I should have some beer. I do have them here. Yeah, you should, should take, take, take them right away. Take four of them right away. I mean, you should have tried to take them almost within uh, yeah, an hour I, if you can, but some protein. I had enough trouble remembering to stop my garments, you know? I do understand. But I did remember. I kept pretty con good control of all that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing all my data on, uh, on um, Garmin Connect. Because oh, have the races separate. I made sure I actually zeroed oh, did my, my computer in between. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's going to be pretty detailed. And you don't have a multi-race um, option on yours, do you? Multi-course or whatever it's called. Oh, I probably do, but I probably haven't learned how to use it. Okay. I I, I have that on mine, on my 310, and it's like that makes what that's what makes my 310 awesome. Because yeah. I did, every time I click the lap button, it just automatically goes to the next next sport, multi sport, I think it's called. Uh, maybe maybe mine does. I'm not yeah. sure. It sure but makes I, it's nice, and then it calculates all your transition time, of course. Yeah, well, I guess I uh, I like having the the edge right in front of me on my bike too. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's always well, you there. You still have that. There's no reason you can't have yep. that as well. But but like you say, you've got it working out for you. It'll it'll be good, and you'll see the ultimate. Uh, times which are the important ones on online when they're available yeah yeah well i'm sure i sure do think though having a bottle in your arrow bars is a good idea yeah you know and i it's, would sure try to work that in next time yeah you should take my my arrow bottle yeah yeah Keep i thought racing. about it but, but then you mean you have to diddle with the position of your garment too and all this kind of stuff there just well just you set it up yeah once you've but once you've diddled with it as you say that's a canadian word <laughs> is it i don't know <laughs> i don't know anyways once you've set it up and you have it then you don't have to do that anymore i got my garment on just right on the very end mine wraps around though so yeah um, i talked to one guy talked to one guy from flagstaff oh yeah before. He was using it sort of as a gauge for how he was doing. He must have been, you know, 40 to 45 or something like that, and he mm. won his division. Oh, but he said, you like to talk to me because I sound funny. You know? <laughs> and you said, anyways, and, yeah. He, he did well, so that was kind of nice. Oh, good, good. All right. Yeah, lots of people there, lots of people. I, I don't. I remember more people this year than last year. Well, you know, it's interesting when you say that, you know, no um, uh, elite athletes there this time or no pros that you're yeah. aware of, and yet there were more people overall. So that's kind of interesting, hey? So even yeah. the, the move of the date affected the uh, elites, but it didn't affect the average Joe. No, it didn't. You know, uh, transition was pretty crowded. It was almost uh, by the time I got my bike in, you had to sort of move the bikes a bit to sneak in. Do you know how many racers were there? I don't. I, you know, can't really tell that until we see the results. Yeah. Hundreds th or a thousand or? Oh, man. Hundreds, you know, mm -hmm. three, three hundred. Three, I got a feeling amongst the men, I would have been about a, they had the, the posted the first hundred results, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't in them, but they were close to my time. They're only like three minutes away from my time. So, That's good. so you must so have been in the second I, I would think. 
Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder, though, you know, whether I, comparatively speaking, I'll be any better this year because the conditions were a little better this year in some ways. Well, yeah. man, the second course was harder, though, the run course. But the biking conditions, I would say, were better this year. First run, yeah, first run was cool, nice, really comfortable. Second run was hot. It was a hot run. Yeah, and by then you're tired and yeah, your yeah. whole core is hot, too. Uh, everything's hot and you're aching. You're, you're using your hands, sort of pushing on your legs to help you up those steep hills, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, but tough. like you say, I'm, I'm really glad my, my hip didn't come into play. Yeah, that's good. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good, good, good. good. Well, I'm glad so I think it. that's about, I think that's all I have to say regarding the race. Okay. Unless you have any more questions, you can think that that might be interesting in any way, shape, or form. Uh, no, I think I've asked everything I can think of. All right. Yeah. So, anyways, I um, I'm gonna. I did. I was supposed to go out for a long run today, but I'm so kind of messed up with all my running. I haven't done my long, long runs for the last couple of weeks. I looked at my schedule, and I had two extra weeks sort of built into my training plan. So yeah. I just deleted those two extra weeks and shoved everything down. And, and I thought, well, rather than going out and trying to do a long run today, I'm on break. So I'm just going to do a regular run. I run for an hour. And then uh, Sunday, Monday, Monday, I'll, Monday morning before I pick you up and everything, I'll go. I'm going to try and run 20. I'll see if I can run 20K on Monday, I'm hoping. And if yeah. I can't, I'll just run an hour or so, and then I'll run twenty on Wednesday. Yeah, but you should uh, probably I'm... check. You should probably check with the airport to see when I come in, eh? Because you're oh, going yeah, to day, you're going to daylight savings tonight or something. Yeah, frick. You know, and and they don't have daylight savings here, and I mean I can't figure out all these times. So oh, no, don't worry about it. It tells me on the the thing you gave me what time it arrives. That's that's what time it arrives here. And but I have the flight number, and I'm not leaving the house till I see that the flight is on on time. <laughs> that's what Yogan. That's what Yogan Jude did when they picked up picked me up. They were waiting yeah. in the the lot outside that shows when planes arrive, right? Yep. And uh, my plane never arrived according to the the. The, that lot, so they didn't, they didn't know it had come in. So oh, I was waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him. But luckily, I got my my uh, bike. My bike arrived. Oh good. Ah uh, yeah, I gave him the wrong time by an hour, but that's because I I saw it somewhere though. I must have seen that time somewhere though. I read it off something. <laughs> This must not take into account the time change wherever I read it well, from. Well, on plane tickets, they always give you the time in the area that you're landing. Yeah, they that's right. They always tell you the local time that you're landing. They don't tell you the time that it would be if you were in a different country. Well, so, I don't know. I think something went weird with this one at some point or other. Some piece of info. But hey, we had a... Are you, you're still recording? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Because don't, they don't want to hear about the Grand Canyon and stuff like that, I'm sure. Yeah, so let me just hit the recording off and we can chat and see what else is up. Okay, oh, hang yep. on. Okay, and I'm back. So uh, after I recorded that with Eric this afternoon, um, I just saw his Facebook update and it says he got fourth in his age group out of nine old guys. So that's pretty good. I bet he's feeling pretty happy. Although I wonder how close he was to third. I should go over to the website and check it out. But anyways, I didn't. Uh, Yeah, so that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy for him. It sounds like uh, he was feeling pretty good. At the end of it, uh, just a little tired. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him on Monday. So we've got uh, a few more days. It's, well, right now it's Saturday night, and then uh, Sunday and Monday night I'm picking him up. And then Thursday, we are heading out to Victoria. Going to go stay at my daughter's place in Vancouver on Thursday night. Friday morning, we're going to Victoria, staying in Brentwood Bay Resort, which looks really nice. And I just so am going to enjoy having a few days away and we have absolutely no plans other than I'm going to run while I'm there and that is it um March on Vancouver Island means it'll be likely raining most of the time we're there but that's okay I can live with that and uh, we're not taking our bikes because it rains so much and we're just going to relax have a few nice dinners and just I don't know just do whatever the mood strikes us and the place that we're renting is really nice it looks like it has a fireplace and uh 
um, a view of the of the bay and the ocean and stuff. So that'll be kind of nice to get away. Maybe we'll go for a little drive. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, and what else? I guess that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm so boring today, aren't I? Yeah, nothing much to say. So I will uh, try to put something together in a few more days. And, oh, I know what else. I knew there was this little nagging thing that was bugging me. Okay, here's the other thing. I have that um, group, Facebook group, called uh, KG Tries Podcast Listeners Group. What a freaking long name, hey? And, oh, I'm not even in the right Facebook account to actually be able to talk about this. How stupid. But log out. i got to log out. And... Log back in. Gmail. <sighs> Sorry about this. I have uh, two Facebook accounts. <laughs> you know how hard it is to try and keep up with all this social media crap. All right. There we go. I'm in there. Okay. So I got the KG Tries Podcast listeners group. I wanted to say hello and welcome to Kate and Jeff, both of whom have joined. And... And I don't even know how many people are in that. Oh, 94 members. You know what? That is pretty amazing. Um, what I'm wondering is if the people who are in this group, do you know, what do you feel about groups? Because I think groups on Facebook are starting to get a little bit um, out. They're like they're going out of style, if that's the best way to put it. Um, and I'm kind of wondering if I should just make a Kelowna Girl Tries Facebook page where where people click on it and like it and can interact. Um, and then it's a little bit more open because anytime somebody wants to join this group, I have to, uh, you know, I always have to add them on. It's not like people can just click on it, right? And I just don't know what's better. Does you find it annoying to see those little flags if somebody comments? Or do you like that because it shows up on the side? Is that is it an annoying thing or a good thing or a bad thing um, to have that? So maybe I'll put a little poll right on the podcast listeners group thing itself and people can all kind of have a little vote on whether you not, would rather me make a Facebook page because I just want it to be sort of useful. And uh, I'll tell you, the thing I don't like about pages is I click on pages and say I like them all the time, but unless I bookmark them, I never see them again, and I never know there's new stuff, and then i got to m- make a point of remembering to go and look at them. So I've joined other podcast um, groups, pages, and I don't know. I just never, like, I, I don't think to go and look at them anymore, and so I don't know what's going on. And at least with a group that I've got set up, I get the little flag, so if somebody posts something. But anyways, I'm yammering on, so I'll leave it at that. So anyways, if you want to get a hold of me, um, I'm Kelowna Girl, K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L, and I am at gmail.com, and you can find all my information at com. There are links to the all the various blogs and everything, which I'm so poorly updated. I don't even remember the last time I updated my blog, so I need to do that too. And um, I will get on that right away and uh, I'll talk to you in another week or so and I will get out a good show that's about an update on So You Want to Be a Triathlete. All right. And as usual, we will end with Here and Now by Great Big C. Hit it, boys. The sun must set to rise.
The sun must say